0: I want to celebrate something today that um, we don't often see i I think one of the easiest things for us to do in life is to get to an area that we're comfortable with and 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 work in that space, but was not easy to do. in fact, it might be one of the most difficult things is to do something you are absolutely not comfortable with and do it publicly. And so, no disrespect, Alvin, Cedric, y'all get up here all the time, but Cecil and David, stand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bless you. Thank you. Bless. You. Thank you. Thank you for stepping outside your comfort zone and starting a new area of potential ministry. Yeah. Yeah, they gonna be on tour. Yeah. Yeah, you can't say no anymore. Yeah, it's a blessing to see them. Now the question is this, what's your area? What's your area that you are not comfortable in, that you need to step into and try and give an opportunity? What's your area that you've been scared of? I don't know, but I'm sure that opportunity exists for you. And maybe that's a great segue for this message that we have today. It comes from, it comes from actually um, my favorite song. My favorite song is found in 103. Psalm 103, if you've got your Bible, turned to Psalm 103. It's probably going to be displayed Not the first time I've announced that this is a passage of scripture that my heart bleeds for. I'm going to just read some of it for you this morning. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, and who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercy. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles? The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger abounding in love he will not always accuse nor will he harbor his anger forever he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities these passages are particularly stirring to me For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him for he knows how we are formed, and he remembers that we are dust. I'm gonna stop reading at that verse. He remembers that we we are dust. We are the only species that has conceived of history and has made an attempt to catalog that history for the sake of remembering it. The only species. The whale does not remember yesterday, has no need to. Lions don't have to record their history in any way, that's not to say they don't have memories. A snail doesn't write books for posterity's sake. But part of what it is to be a human being is to remember. In fact, one of the most insidious diseases we suffer from is one that robs us of our memory who we are, and how we are connected to one another. It's devastating to us. So in some sense, forgetting or not remembering almost makes us seem inhuman. But I came to tell you today, and I won't be with you long at all, I promise, that being able to remember is a blessing, but deliberately remembering how good God has been, I think, is part of our Christian responsibility. And I think sometimes we try to forget the road upon which we tried to get to where we are. And I came to tell you today, stop doing that. Yeah. So today, for a minute, I just want to tell, say to you, I won't forget. I won't forget. Yeah. Have you ever really sat down lately in the clutter of your life to remember how far God has brought you? Just paid attention to the road upon which you've trod. I think sometimes in the clutter of today we get lost in all of the things that God has blessed us with And we forget just how long the road has been that God has brought us. And in fact, I look out here in this congregation at some folk, and because I have the benefit of history with you, I remember when, yeah, I remember when, and you can remember too, if you will. I remember when you weren't driving such a nice car. I remember when you were walking. Catching a ride with somebody. Talking about I need to get a vehicle to go somewhere. It's amazing how quickly we can get to a place of better and try to forget about yesterday. But I want you to understand that the way you appreciate and keep moving forward is to remember yesterday. Because it'll keep you on your knees and it'll keep you thanking God for how good he's been. Not only that, it'll help you take care of what God gives you. Yeah, it'll help you. And I think that's what this psalm is all about. The psalmist wants to remember how good God has been to him. The psalmist is deliberately going down memory lane just to remind himself of all the good things that has been done. And he realizes that every good and perfect thing comes from above. And so the first thing he steps out in, in verses 2 and 3, is he tells himself, I won't forget the fact that he forgave me. Yeah. Some of us have been saved so long, we forgot that we weren't always so. And even those of us who got baptized weren't necessarily saved. All right, we simply had gone through the motions because somebody told us to or asked us to get up and go down the aisle. But do you remember when you became saved for real? When you knew for yourself that you knew the Lord and that he was your savior, that you understood what the blood of the covenant actually was, or actually is, and that it was poured out for the forgiveness of sin. See, it's one thing for me to understand from a general standpoint that Jesus Christ died for everybody, but it is completely convicting when I put it in perspective that Jesus Christ actually went to the cross just for me, just for me. We used to sing that song, that hymn, in church all the time, just for me. Yeah, just, just for me. I'm not trying to exclude y'all from the salvation equation, but Jesus Christ went and did it, as the songwriter said, just for me. That means that if nobody else on earth needed to be saved from their sins, Jesus was okay going to the cross just for Daniel. And he did that. And so how understanding that Jesus died just for you, do you take that for granted? In fact, if somebody's willing to give their life for you, how do you ever repay that? That they gave their life for you. There is a cemetery near New York City where there's a famous tombstone. And the reason it's famous is because it doesn't have a name on it. The only thing on the epitaph is the word forgiven. Forgiven. so whoever was buried there simply wanted it known that they understood that whoever they were on this side of glory, whatever they did on this side of glory, Jesus Christ went and paid it all for them. Now, that may not mean anything to you if you don't think your sins were so, I think we sometimes categorize how bad our sins were, you know. I wasn't living that bad. And so my salvation is almost its almost like you want to think your sins are cute. You know, I just, the Lord took care of me. But, but I came to tell you all sin is sin. All sin is sin, and if you think, if you think that you had to be a drug addict, or a or, or killer, a or, or, or murderer, or be in prison, because plenty of folk in prison innocent. Well, let me not say innocent, not guilty. But if you think those are the categories of sins that, 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 that we're talking about, no, we're talking about, as Reverend Beverly used to say, ALA, all sin. Because the Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The psalmist came to say that, uh, bless the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul, and forget all all his benefits toward me who forgives all my sins. And every day I need to get up and remind myself that I too was in that place because that keeps me moving forward. I don't ever want to go back to a place of, un- well I, if I did it'd be a big problem, unrepentant sin, but some people slide back into a way of life. Well they're okay being still full of sin that rages in them, being full of anger, and full of jealousy, and full of backbiting, and full of things that are not spiritual, well they're, they're spiritual in a negative sense, but they walk around with this in their spirit all the time. I got to tell you that the same repentance you asked for when you first came to know the Lord, if you get to that space again in your life, you got to ask the Lord for that same kind of repentance. Doesn't matter how long you've been in Christ, it doesn't matter how long it's been since you've been in the pool, you got to go before Him again. So I won't forget His forgiveness. And then the psalmist said, and I will praise the Lord and forget not all his benefits, who heals me of my, of my diseases, of my diseases. Has anybody in here been healed? Anybody in here been healed? I'm not, about a, I'm not talking about just a paper cut. I'm talking about sure enough heal. Anybody in here had a sickness that came upon you and you couldn't, you couldn't do anything about it? And, and the Lord had to come in. Yeah, I can tell you that there was a time in my life for long stretches of time when I didn't even think about sickness in my body. It was not even a notion that came to my mind. I got up day after day, month after month, year after year, not thinking about sickness. It's just something about youth that makes you think you're invulnerable to that kind of thing. Now there's some young folk who wake up every day of their life with sickness on their mind. Yeah, from the time they're children, they've been dealing with sickness every single day. In fact, it's part of their character. Everybody know they're sick. And so they understand that God has been keeping them. Yeah, different people, when we just went through the COVID, uh, uh, pandemic, different people had different responses to COVID based on their own health pro- profile. Some folk who'd never been sick before didn't understand why you gotta wear these masks every day because they would never been close enough to getting sick to even worry about it. Then there are other folk who knew that a little bit of this stuff would take me out of here. And this man, who wrote this psalm, said he'd been through something from a health perspective. But can I tell you, healing is not just from a physical standpoint. Healing comes from a whole lot of ways. Some folk have had some sickness in their mind that God has healed them from. Yeah, you can have what I call stinking thinking that can wreck the way you deal with other folk. For some reason, you just find yourself uh, 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 you know insecure all the time or, or jealous all the time and God can heal you from that sometimes self esteem can have you such that you can't go around for it. God can heal you from those things so have you ever had that issue there used to be a time uh, there's a story told by a man who uh, had a an eye condition. An eye condition. In fact, it was one of those eye conditions that was visible to other people. Uh, and, and we, people used to be cruel. It wasn't politic uh, then not to say something. Folk used to laugh, you know, if you had an eye that, that you couldn't control. You know, you know people you say, well, yeah, he got one of them floating eyes or whatever, you know, and they would say that to folks' faces so for a child, from a child's standpoint, that was horrible because kids will say anything in school. And when you gotta go from class to class, from year to year, that can rock you. Well, back in the day, I know when I was a young man, there was some TV evangelists. Uh, TV evangelists, not the one like we got on TV today, all right? I'm talking about like Oral Roberts and, and Jerry Falwell and and late at night it'd be real mike. Y- y'all know what I'm talking about. And and, and they would they would consider out there the way they went at some things. And and they would tell you now, they were, they were about the business. They say, lay whatever part of your body that's ailing you, lay it on the radio. Or let touch the TV with it. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Yeah, and, and nobody couldn't see you when you were at home when you were laying your arm on the radio or, 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 or laying across the TV, because folk used to do this. And this, this guy had this eye problem, and he would, he would go and grab the radio when nobody could see him, because he wanted healing, because he had already been to the doctor he had already been to an optometrist, an optometrist giving him something at that time that was no real cure for what he had. And even though he had used best practices at that time, it didn't solve his problem. Now this kid had a medical problem, but he also had a social problem. And the social problem was such that he couldn't even discuss it with anybody else. So he was miserable in high school because he felt ostracized because he was, just to use the word that afflicts every kid who's in high school, who's something different. He was different. But what did he learn, even though he didn't get healing from the doctor, even though he did not get uh, healing from laying his hand on the radio with Oral Roberts, what he did learn in that period of time was how to believe in something that could help him. And so it turned on in him, Willie, that he should be searching for something. Now he hadn't found that authentic relationship uh, yet, and that's what I like about where we are in terms of social media now. There's enough stuff out there now that if a child, someone who's not raised in the church, is looking for it, they can find something that can help them. They just got to get to the right source of help. Now I understand that some folk out there who will take advantage of them, but at least they're seeking something that can make them better. And we simply got to use these mediums to get to the place that we can talk to them in that space. So I don't discount being on social media, we just gotta get in the right spaces so we can talk to people about what's going on. And I can tell you, somebody out there is gonna turn on a message one day and who's gonna need some healing in some kind of way and they're gonna realize that there's healing from the word of God. There's healing from a relationship with the Lord. And guess what, you ought to be telling somebody too. It ain't just up to me to tell somebody how good God's been to me. Yeah, the Pleasants ought to be telling somebody that they know if a train hit your truck, you can recover from that. Yeah, they ought to be telling somebody that everywhere they go, it ought to be part of their constant testament. it is. I hear them, but not just them, not just me. I tell anybody, stay off ladders. If you don't know what you're doing. All right. If you don't know what you're doing, stay off of the ladder. But if you get up one and come down road, he'll take care of you. He'll heal you. He he will. He will. I saw some of the loneliest people in the world on hospital appointments. It would bring me to tears just watching people in hospitals by themselves. Because not only did they have a medical issue, they were also struggling because they were by themselves. And seeing how they run, you know, if you've been in there at the time, you know what I'm talking about. And half the time they don't understand what they're telling them, or the stuff they need to do, and that's not to discount what the medical personnel are doing. They're doing the best job they can do but that's a lonely place to be. And I still notice that God still te- takes care of them in that space, even when nobody's there for author to tell them what's going on, the Lord still blesses them. Even when they're all by themselves, when they don't have education enough to understand all them big words that the doctor's telling them. The Lord still heals them and blesses them. And, and that's what this psalmist is saying. This psalmist is saying that he'll bring healing to me. Because healing is not just physical, healing is also understanding. And he'll bless me with them. So I won't forget, I won't forget his healing. And faith comes from listening to people who can help you get better. That's what, that's what Paul said. Paul said faith comes by hearing. And hearing comes by what? The word, of, the word of God. So I won't forget that. And then I certainly won't forget the fact that he's redeemed me. He's redeemed me. Yeah. I, I don't know why when I was preparing this message, I knew that Chris was going to be here today. I knew that. And I was thinking, he came up as an illustration to me. Because uh, this is how God does it. Uh, and I thought about him and his babies and that little bitty baby girl he's got back there. And how sometimes children, uh, and if you know Chris, see him back if, if you if you, if, if you see him, he's a big dude. And his baby is little. And it reminds me of how we are with God. All right? Doesn't matter how grown you are, how much of an ad- adult you are. That's how we are with God. And every now and then in in the crisis of our life, we'll get to a place that, that we need to communicate to God, but we can't do it effectively. And what I love about God, Dylan, what I love about God is this, that God in his love of us will get down on the floor. He will sit down. He will come down to our level. That's what he did for us. He came down from from his lofty heights to our level on the floor and talk face to face with us. And and I could visualize, I don't know why, and I'm just telling, I don't know why I could visualize you sitting on the floor Talking to your baby because your baby was trying to explain or say something to you or was upset. But that's how God does us. Yeah, can you imagine him sitting there cross-legged just communicating with you? That's how much he loves us, to communicate with us just like that. And that's how much you need to know he'll incline his ear to us. Give us all his attention. He loves us that much. So I won't forget that he'll do that for me. I also won't forget that he redeemed me. As I was saying, he redeemed me from the pit. And I was in a pit too. I was in a pit. Anybody in here ever had been living in the pit? That you'll admit. Yeah. Pit living. Pit living. People don't want to talk about pit living. Prodigal son went through his pit living when he wasn't really thinking about the good things that were in his father's house. No, he was out there in the world living in the pit. And that's something that that's people have fooled young folk today, and not so young folk. They they have put it on the sexy sounding titles. They, They tell you you just living your best life. All right. You're living your best life, and your best life, they think, means an exclusion of righteous things. And I came to tell you that whenever you're living your best life, you have put God first. Whenever you're living your best life, life, and if you've excluded God from anything you're doing, you are doing anything but living your best life. You can't possibly live your best life when you've excluded God from the equation. You can't be that way. What you're doing is you're living in the pit, and you don't even understand you in the pit. Yeah, yeah. The the prodigal son thought he would live in his best life until his best life went away. And it always happens that you're going to always use all you got and then have to depend on somebody else because you don't have it in yourself to live your best life. Your best life, the source of your best life, is external to you. And if you're not dependent on the Lord, or a greater being who we call the Lord, then you're going to struggle. And I'm here to tell you today, I was living that kind of life. I had fooled myself for a long time into saying because people kept telling me you know you you're gonna be a preacher and i used to say all the time hey, just because people talk go out and speak don't mean you got to be no preacher i should say that all the time. You ain't got to be no preacher just because you can stand up and talk before people yeah that was my that was my version of no rejection Of what was being said. But truthfully, that was probably the beginning strains of ministry in me that I wasn't embracing quite yet. I was trying to do it just from a secular standpoint. Yeah, and then the strains got louder and louder. It got to a point where no matter where I went to speak, I still had to put something about Jesus in it. You know, something about the Lord in my speech. It didn't matter. I couldn't close it out. I could be just talking to a football banquet or something, and I still got to close it out by Jesus. It got to a place I couldn't keep him out of my mouth. And the more I talked about him, the more opportunities I got. It was was an avalanche that came on me. And, 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 and I realized I was living in a place that I didn't understand, and God got me out of that space. He pulled me out of that space where I was more focused on what Donnell wanted than what he wanted. And people don't understand that that's pit living. When you're more concerned about what you want than what he wants, it doesn't have to, neg- it doesn't have to be criminal. It doesn't have to be all bad. You're just living in a way where you're not focused on what he wants on your life. That's pit living! You've made your lifestyle, what you do, an idol. And you're following that. And I had to get out of that. Now everybody's not going to be going to the pulpit, but there's an area of ministry that God wants for you, there's more than he wants you to do, and he'll redeem you from that. And when he does, you need to give him credit for him. I won't forget what he got me from. And it's crazy now, And the reason I know I was living in the pit and and, and how things have changed is because when I see people that I was in the pit with and I tell them I'm a minister and they say, what? You what? You a preacher. (laughs) Yeah, because they remember the pit, Donnell. And because they know me from that perspective. Uh, See, some of y'all, I've been around so long as Reverend Sparks, Pastor Sparks, you can't even imagine that person. Yeah, maybe you can. And if that's the case, that means I, I got some more work to do. Yeah, but, but, but some people don't know me as Pastor Sparks. They just know me as that. If I go back to Tuskegee, they still remember the dude bopping around down there, even though it's been years later. That's the image that comes to mind for them, the pit person. And I'm grateful that the Lord changed me from that place. I'm grateful no matter how good I thought I had it then, no matter how live I thought life was then, I wouldn't trade what I have now for that, for nothing in the world. But I also wouldn't be what I am now without those experiences. Yeah, it fueled my quest to continue moving forward, and I realized ain't nothing back there I want to do again. Ain't no money I want to go spend on that, no time I want to spend significantly. I hear my, pa- uh, my, my brother and pastor friend, uh, Reverend Holman, say he got some friends he can spend two hours with. Two hours. And then he, once a year or so he go with them and he go hang out and they, it's great to see you. Man, it's been so good to see you. Everything all right. And then after about two hours, the conversation starts sliding. And they say, you, you, you think you better than us. <laughs> you changed. Yeah, and the answer is true. I have changed. And I ain't trying to come back and still sit out here with y'all and do this no more. And I came to tell you, stop apologizing for being better. Stop doing that. Stop letting folk make you think you wrong because you are trying to live right. Stop going around people who refuse to change and damn you for doing so. Stop doing that. Stand up in your salvation. Be proud of who God has brought you out to be. Stop letting your cousins and your friends and your relatives make you think you're less than because you know you're greater than. Come on now. I'm tired of people trying to make me think I'm wrong because they want to live wrong. I, I won't do it no more. They can't get that kind of power over me anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm stronger than I used to be. There used to be a time I would just not go around them. Now I'm bold with it. Yeah, I, I go up to, after you deal with it. You deal with it because I'm not hiding from y'all no more. You got to deal with it. In fact, maybe if I stay around you long enough, we can have a better conversation about where you are. And it works that way too. Yeah, because it's tiring living wrong. It's tiring living wrong. And I don't care how wrong they live, before the dawn, before the day is done in their life, they're going to be trying to find a way to figure out what the Lord wants for them. Oh, yeah. Even though they spent 69 years living just like they want to, if some sickness come upon them, the last conversations they're going to be having with you is, I'm just trying to live for the Lord right now. I ain't telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know and what I've experienced. And so, okay, that's fine. Even for the last two months of your life, you live for the Lord. That's fine. At least you got there. But I'm telling you, life could have been so much better. So I won't forget him getting me out of the pit and redeeming me, not, nor the fact that he's going to crown me. I'm expecting a crown in the end. Crown me. Yes, the Bible says that there's one waiting for me and that he'll give it to me, but not just to me, to everybody who believes in me. And then my last part of that scripture that I love, that I call my favorite passage of scripture in the whole Bible, it comes from 103, in those last two verses I read. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those Who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He knows how we are formed. And he remembers that we are dust. He remembers that we are dust. I don't glorify people. I don't care who they are. All right, I don't glorify people. I don't care who they are because at the end of the day, Joe Biden might be the president, but he's dust. And he has to answer to the same God that we have to answer to. And that doesn't mean in his place and under whatever ceremonial circumstances he doesn't get his due, I'm fine with that but I'm not going to reverence him. He doesn't deserve that. And you can go down the line in any place and that's why most of the time, uh, except it's at that building over there on 17th Street North, you're gonna see me introducing myself as Andre. I'm Andre. And if I know you well enough, I'm done Because that's who I am. I am not my title. That doesn't work for me, and I think too many people get all wrapped up in that. And people live for that stuff. And show will change how they deal with you. And let me tell you, the things that God has given me, I thank him for it. I'm so grateful, because some of y'all remember when I was chasing some of this stuff, and the Lord messed around and let me catch the car, I was chasing. You know, and and that's what happened, you know, when the dog chasing the car, you always ask the question, what the dog gonna do if he ever catch the car? Well, I done caught the car. And I can tell you, it's still moving fast. Yeah, and it'll run over you too. If you're not careful, it'll run over you. I came to tell you, I'm grateful for every day every opportunity, every bit of resource and benefit that comes from it, and I try to show that in how I serve him every day, I try to show him. But at the end of the day, we're still dust. We're still dust. And when it's all said and done, we came from dust and we'll return, we'll return to dust, y'all. And I love the fact that he knows who I am. He's gotten rid of my sin. He blotted out my sins. He won't remember my sins. He won't no, 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 no. I don't think you understand. I don't think you understand. Not, not the sins, the stuff, the stuff you know about. I'm talking about the stuff I know. That I don't want nobody to know. That, that, that stuff, the Bible says he has blotted them out. And he won't remember them for his sake. Because that's how gracious he is to me. He won't remember the stuff I've done. Yeah, Jeremiah, he wrote, For I will forgive their iniquity, and their sin will I remember no more. Yeah, he continues to promise throughout Scripture that when I forgive your sins, I I don't remember them. Because he's such a holy God that if he remembers your sin, he got to do something about it. It can't be in his mind if we use say that God has a mind without him doing something about it. And so he gets rid of it. He gets rid of it. And so when God forgives you, it's forgotten. We're the ones who have the problem. When we ask for forgiveness, we still remember. And we drag it along in our lives. And I came to tell you today, let today be the the start. If you ask the Lord to forgive you, then know this, He truly has. Then you need to move on like it's forgotten. All right? You need to move on like it's forgotten. But I came to tell you, even though He has forgiven you, I want you to remember that He's done so. All right? Don't go around and act new on me. Even though you will be a brand new somebody, be a brand new somebody who understands that I've been forgiven by the awesome God. And so if you're here today and the Lord has given you the opportunity to accept and understand that you are in fact a sinner and you realize that he lived for you and then he died for you, You want to accept his gift of salvation. Then I ask you to do so right now. So I'm opening the doors to the church. You're going to make a public acknowledgement that you are accepting the Lord Jesus Christ. Or maybe you already have accepted him as your Savior, but you've been looking for a church family. Somewhere you can fellowship. Perhaps 45th Street is the church for you. So I extend a welcome to you. Come on, let today be the day. Come to Jesus today. Come to Jesus. Doors of our church are wide open. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come on now. Just now.